My name is Anthony P. Richards. I'm a pastor and I started this podcast channel to equip, encourage, inspire and challenge you to passionately live to your potential in Christ through the Word of God. For more information, you can go to my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Well, welcome to another day as we continue through the Gospel of Matthew. And I'm so glad that you're joining me. If you have not a chance to check out all of my previous videos, um, done over 200 chapters of the Bible, you can check out my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Links are in the description below. And uh, I, these go live uh, at the moment, uh, 8 a.m., four days a week. And uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, podcasts. But uh, they are here for your resource and for you to understand the Word of God for you to learn how to rightly divide it for yourself. So we're looking at Matthew 8. Matthew 8, Jesus has just finished the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, and here he is, and he's about to start something uh, that is a new phase of his ministry. Now remember, Matthew is not a chronological author. He is a topical author. And so the topic that he started writing about started uh, in Matthew chapter 4, uh, verse 23, now Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and disease among the people. That reverse, that verse, sorry, is also uh, concluded in Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 32. So everything between Matthew 4.23 and 9.32 is Jesus' teaching on this particular topic that Matthew wants us to know about. So, Matthew's just finished teaching, which is, was part of Jesus' primary uh, ministry, teaching. And now he's about to go and do. He's about to go and perform some miracles. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And, he, and behold, a leper came and worshipped Jesus, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The miracles of Jesus attracted a lot of attention. But so did his teaching ministry because it was so radically different. And Matthew demonstrated this by the mention of the great multitudes that followed him after coming down from the Mount of Beatitudes. You can imagine they just would have been, their minds would have been blown by what they just heard and been taught. And we remember that Matthew is now going on to talk about the healing ministry of Jesus after the Sermon on the Mount. And he's going to, Matthew's going to give us a picture into Jesus himself and how his own works confirmed the words that he had spoken so that we would have eternal confidence in the words of Jesus. So a leper comes to him. Now I want you to be reminded over and over and over in this particular passage that we look at that the very first miracle that Jesus performed in his ministry was a leper. In the ancient world, leprosy was horrible. It was destructive. Uh, it still is in some parts of the world today. And, and if you were a leper in the ancient world, you had no hope of improvement apart from a supernatural miracle 
And this leper came to Jesus with this great sense of need and desperation. Uh, William Barclay, leprosy, just explaining what leprosy was. Leprosy might begin with the loss of all sensation in some part of the body. The nerve trunks are affected. The muscles waste away. The tendons contract until the hands are like claws. There follows ulceration of the hands and feet. Then comes the progressive loss of fingers and toes until in the end a whole hand or a whole foot may drop off. The duration of that kind of leprosy is anything from 20 to 30 years. It is a kind of terrible progressive death in which a person dies inch by inch, day by day. Horrible. Now, according to Jewish law and customs, uh, you actually had to keep six feet away from a leper. You had to social distance from a leper. If the wind was blowing toward you from a leper, you had to keep 150 feet away from them. And the only thing that was more defiling than contact with a leper was actually contact with a dead body. So for all these reasons, the condition of leprosy is really a model of sin and its effects on us. It's a contagious, debilitating disease that corrupts its victim and makes them essentially dead, even though they are alive. And it followed that almost universally, society and religious people hated lepers. Rabbis despised them. They saw them as people under the special judgment of God and they deserve no pity, no mercy. And sometimes a rabbi would actually boast about how badly he had treated a leper. Um, but Jesus has this amazing encounter as he's just finished the Sermon on the Mount. And this leper comes to Jesus despite all the discouragements this leper knew how, prob- how terrible his problem was. He knew that other people had given up on him as having a hopeless condition. He knew that no one would take him to Jesus. He knew that he had no previous example of Jesus healing a leper to give him hope. It hadn't happened before. He knew that he had no promise that Jesus would actually heal him. He knew that he had no invitation from Jesus or the disciples to come up, come forward for healing. He also knew that he was ashamed and he would have felt very alone in the crowd. Even just walking through the crowd would have been an amazing spectacle in itself. But despite his condition, this man not only begged Jesus, he did something amazing. Uh, see, this is what is really incredible is that this leper is going to go on and do something amazing, which is to worship Jesus. A leper came and worshipped him. The Greek word is proskynine. And that word is never used in the Bible for anything other than the worship of God. It always describes a man's feeling and action in the presence of the divine. So how did the leper worship Jesus? He worshipped him firstly by coming to him 
honouring him as the one who can meet his otherwise impossible need. He worshipped Jesus with his posture. He probably bowed or knelt before Jesus. He worshipped him with the word Lord, honouring him as his master in God. He worshipped Jesus with his humility by not demanding but leaving the request up to the will of Jesus himself. He worshipped Jesus with the respect of the power of Jesus, saying that all that was necessary was the will of Jesus and he would be healed. And he worshipped Jesus with his confidence that Jesus could make him more than healthy. Jesus could actually make him clean. Spurgeon, those who call Jesus Lord and do not worship him are more diseased than the leper was. And he said, Lord, if you are willing. The leper had no doubt whatsoever about the ability of Jesus to heal him. His only question was if Jesus was willing to heal him. He believed in the power of Jesus. In the Old Testament, in 2 Kings chapter 5, there was a Syrian commander. His name was Naaman. And he was affected with, with leprosy. And he came to Jehoram, the king of Israel, because he had heard that there was a prophet in Israel whom God had used to do miraculous things. And when Naaman came to Jehoram, Jehoram knew that he had no power to help him. And he said, am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to heal me of his leprosy? Leprosy was so hopeless in the ancient world that the healing of a leper was compared to raising the dead. But this leper knew that all Jesus needed was to be willing. This leper sought more than healing, however. He wanted to be cleansed, not only from leprosy, but from all the effects on his body and on his soul. And this is the first place in the Gospels, as we read the New Testament, where Jesus is called Lord. It's a title that was particularly meaningful in light of the fact that the word Lord was used to translate the Hebrew word Yahweh. And Matthew wrote his gospel, you have to remember, to those who would be familiar with the Jewish context. Verse 3, Then Jesus put out his hand, touched him, and he said, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. What a bold and compassionate move from Jesus to actually touch this man. The idea is not that the leper kept his distance from Jesus, but that he put out his hand. Jesus put out his hand and actually touched him, which is against all ceremonial Old Testament law to touch a leper. It made the touch all the more meaningful to the leper himself. Because as soon as Jesus touched him, he was no longer a leper. Jesus didn't have to touch the leper to heal him. He could have healed him with a word or even a thought. But he healed the leper with a touch because that is what the leper needed. Jesus often varied the manner of his healing and he usually chose a manner that would be meaningful to the person who was afflicted. Mark's, Mark chapter 1 verse 41 says that when Jesus looked at the needs of somebody, he was moved with compassion. I don't think this leper knew what the face of compassion looked like. Because nobody had compassion on him. All he was, all he'd ever known was horrible judgment from people with their looks and words. And Jesus shows him a face of compassion. And Jesus says very simply, 
I am willing. A simple answer to a simple question. And it gives us a starting point for the times when we, when we wonder, is God willing to heal me through the power of Jesus? We should assume Jesus is willing to heal us unless he shows us differently. That should always be our posture. Now, what do I mean by that? How can we know if Jesus is willing to heal us? By assuming that he is willing, but listening to him if he should tell us that he does not wish to heal us. Now, that's what exactly what happened to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul, the apostle, had a thorn in his flesh. We don't know what it was. We can speculate. But he had some kind of physical problem. And he asked God to heal him three times. And God told Paul, I'm not going to heal you of it. And it seems that Paul assumed that Jesus would heal his thorn in the flesh until the word came from God that he was not going to heal him, that it was just something that he had to live with. So what's our posture? Our posture is always God is willing to heal. Jesus is willing. That's always our posture, our first immediate posture, always. Now, what happened when Jesus touched this man? Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. All of a sudden, this leper's life is changed forever. Not only is he healed, but he's cleansed. And Jesus had just said in his Sermon on the Mount, ask and it will be given to you. This was very true for this man who asked to be cleansed and was now cleansed. It's the very first individual healing described in the book of Matthew. We were told of Jesus' healing ministry in Matthew chapter 4. But here is the first specific case. And in verse 4, Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way. Show yourself to the priest. Offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Jesus actually often asked people not to go and tell people that he'd healed them. Uh, he did this because he wanted to keep down the excitement of the crowds because there was going to be a formal proper time for his revelation as to who he was. And that, that date had been talked about and prophesied in Daniel chapter 9. But Jesus' miracles were not primarily done so that he could all of a sudden become famous as the miracle working guy, the celebrity. Um, they certainly did give testimony to his ministry. But Jesus healed people to meet the needs of specific individuals to demonstrate the evident power of the Messiah in, in a setting of love and care for the personal needs of people who were humble before him. And, and Jesus was cautious about how the multitudes saw him and why they followed him. Mark tells us that the leper actually did not obey Jesus and instead went straight out and began to tell everybody in Mark chapter 1. He began to proclaim it freely. So Jesus says, show yourself to the priest. Why did he do that? Jesus commanded the man to give a testimony to the priest. And what a testimony that was. Uh, Mosaic law actually prescribed specific sacrifices that were to be conducted upon the healing of a leper. And when the man reported it to the priest, they no doubt had to perform the ceremonies that they probably had never performed before. Leviticus 14 said, if a leper is healed, this is what you need to do. So can you imagine them? They would have known 
This man was healed of leprosy and going to the priest brings this former leper back into society. Jesus wanted the healing of the man's disease to have as much benefit for him as possible. I'm sure the, the priests were astonished that they actually had to perform this. I'm sure they were trying to go, get out Leviticus. I don't know. I can't remember. Have you done it? I haven't done it. Yeah, well, it's in here somewhere. See, that's what happens. That's our observation today. Because I just want to pause it there. Jesus' first miracle, making somebody clean. Jesus' first personal miracle was not just to heal somebody. It was to make them clean. And that's God's desire for us. He doesn't want to just heal us. He wants to make us clean. Sometimes we demand a healing because we think that's what we want. But what we need is to be clean. And we can only be made clean by Jesus. That's it. Jesus had compassion. He was commanded to socially distance from this leper. But because of compassion, he touched him. Compassion will always drive us to do things that society tells us not to do. Compassion will always align us with the heart of Jesus, which means that we will be called to do things that other people will be astonished by. And they will look at and wonder why we are doing it. Why would we go there? Those people deserve it. You can't touch them. You can't go near them. Jesus says to be drawn with compassion. That's our heart. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that we would have a desire to share your compassion for all people. That we would have a desire to not just be healed, but to be cleansed and to share the cleansing power, the miracle-working power of Jesus Christ to as many people as we can. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more content, please don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Have a great day.